know if you're ready. Oh, I haven't heard that sound for a while, a while, a while. Oh, no more echo. <laughs> no more. You're catching me, catching me with a hot mic. <laughs> it's been a minute. It it's, feels. It's been maybe two weeks. Well, we've been. Well, I've. This is my fault. It totally. Totally. Yeah. And you know what I realized is that the last time we did this, <laughs> we didn't even intro what podcast this was. We just oh. started talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sorry, guys. It's been a couple of weeks. So you probably maybe forgot that we do this or we're continuing to do this. Andy acts like he has a job. So we have to wait until that job is done. Sometimes I pretend. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's been a lot going on and it's good. We're trying to get back to understanding what what it is to meet face-to-face again. Yeah. Because you got used to not, and then you got to get used to t- to doing it. To. To. <laughs> used to. <clears throat> but um, what are we talking about? Well, I. so this is this is the Roaring Glory podcast. Oh, got to mention that, too. <laughs> it's act like we walked into our grandma's house and was like, hey, it's me. Who are you? Well, I feel well, like, though, I feel like if they clicked on it, they shouldn't have. They should know. I don't. What are we doing? I don't know what happened there. Anyway, let's just let's just do a smooth radio transition here. So, I think we got a few things to talk about. Um, as a, a few, I mean two that we've recently discussed. The first one, though, uh, Christian education, mm-hmm. and we mean seminary or further college. <clears throat> excuse me, education, not just simply. Uh, private Christian high schools or elementaries, things like that. But but furthering your education as a Christian, as a an adult believer. Which by that I think we also mean discipleship. Oh, that yeah. would be that's yes. what that is, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So how do we know that? We we study, we learn, we grow. Yeah. Which I, we're called to do. I keep this um thing behind me here for sermon prep and Ezra seven ten Ezra set his heart to study, to do, mm. and to teach. But is that just for preachers? I don't think so. Yeah. In Ezra's context, I mean, he was the one that was going to elaborate on the text, along with several others in Israel as they discovered the law again and stuff like that. But I don't think anywhere we're called to just leave it up to the preachers. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that specific verse, because actually... The, the reason that we're talking about this is because I just took an Old Testament survey class, and that is a verse that Dr. DeRoshi pointed out specifically. And he said, for all of you, whether you're, you're preaching or you're teaching or you're just wanting to learn more about the Old Testament, this is a verse that I would pray for you and that I would, I would say you should pray for yourself to, to desire the Lord's Word and to go deeper in it, to know it, and to act it out. Yeah, that's and that's what I want for the church. I don't want me to be the only one who knows or comes to know or point out these things i want yeah and when when we have a whole group like that then so many people can get taught and discipled yeah discipled is is the key there we're called to make disciples and paul's prayer consistently is for them to grow in the knowledge of Hmm. of the holy one yeah how do you do that you know you don't do it by proxy you don't just put your hand on the bible (laughs) right let it come zap into your bloodstream right and and we've talked before on on the podcast about books and and documentaries and and podcasts and things like that but we would both agree that the main way that you learn is by reading the word we've talked about that too yeah. but being in the word those things are good but they're not they're not a 
substitute for reading scripture. Yeah. The books outside. Yeah. yeah. And this isn't we're not we're not trying to talk about or um be prideful about the pursuit of heady knowledge and stuff like that. Right. We're talking about knowing God. If you want a a good book outside of scripture to help you think about that, it's called Knowing God by <laughs> J. A. Packer. And the whole premise of that book is as a Christian, you should want to know God. And so the pursuit of him in knowledge is motivated by knowing him, not knowing more about him, but knowing him, which would include knowing about him. Yeah. But totally <laughs> swinging on. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit before about how we don't we don't expect people to pursue a doctorate in theology or a master's or a bachelor's or anything. We just uh, we know as believers in Christ and also with those around us that are believers that, and from Scripture mainly, that we are called to pursue that knowledge and to know the Lord and that desire to know Him should be there. And so how do we fulfill that desire? Well, Scripture. So, <laughs> so how far then? Actually, let's just start from the beginning. How did you start your secondary education as far as the seminary goes? I... After conversion, after understanding a call to um, serve the church by preaching and teaching and shepherding, quickly realized while I'm reading my Bible that I need <laughs> mm. an understanding of what to do with this. So I showed up at seminary probably three months after my conversion and then wow. and then called to ministry, and I didn't know what the four Gospels were. I I didn't know what they meant by that. Yeah, I didn't know that these authors were who they were. I didn't know any of that, but I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. And that's the point. Like you should want to know. Yeah. I don't. I don't have. I don't. I I'm probably at the seminary. Probably have the least intellectual ability of anybody there. But that's not what it's about. It's about the curiosity of mm. wanting to know him. Yeah. And that will take you places that you never thought you'd go. Yeah, I mean, it leads into a, this awe of who Christ is. The more you learn, the more you are like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is this is incredible. Why would he do that mm-hmm. and to be a part of something that big? But What about you, Andrew? Yeah, for me, actually, I, for my whole life, uh, said that I would never go to seminary. So I heard you say it. Yeah, I said it to you. I said it to a lot of people. And the Lord's sense of humor is a good one and a big one. Um, my desire to go to seminary uh, stemmed from a, a conference, really, uh, where they uh, were preaching on the Psalms and we were singing Psalms and uh, heard David Platt actually talk about his trips to China and how he would be with the underground church and teach them because they didn't have resources to learn and and if they google it or whatever they have over there they get in trouble Mm. so um that was kind of my that was a desire the lord put in my heart was to learn so that or learn how to teach because i was already in the process of learning so let's just clarify that there uh but learning how to teach did i just swallow that bug (laughs) i got it okay oh no he's going okay anyway running uh, to, to learn how to teach so that I could help with people who didn't have the resources. Um, but like I mentioned, that desire to learn 
I was already consuming books, um, scripture. I wanted to. I I had a bad experience with some guys from some lesser known seminaries that were more uh, liberal in their interpretation of the Bible, not politically, but in their interpretation of the Bible. And some of those guys were condescending. And did you fight them? I wanted to at times, (laughs) not with my fists. Um, But to be honest, that showed a real spiritual maturity on my part because I thought that I knew more than they did or whatever it may be. And Anyway, so all that to say, the Lord has led me into it uh, by giving me a desire to know Him and then also giving me a desire to share that with people who don't have those resources to learn as we do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say in response to that is, yeah, it was funny to hear you say that. <laughs> and then knowing you and who you were, I did. I just didn't believe that that was ever going to be the case. Uh, so I'll give you an example. We, um, I wasn't here at the church during this time, but um, there was a um, mature woman who's uh, here, still here, still faithfully serving and worshiping, and at one point, they tagged her to lead the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And so feeling, you know, I can't speak for her, but I'm, I'm sure that she just wanted to know more. Yeah. If she's being called to lead and to teach these little ones, she wants to know. So she went to seminary and I think finished a degree because yeah. she just wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> she'd be the first one to tell you that, you know, she probably felt inadequate and... Mm not able to do something like that, but that wasn't as great as her desire to know. Yeah. And then just watching guys being around uh, a center for higher education theologically and seeing guys come in just to audit a course yeah. just because they want to know. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't need to write the papers and get the recognition, all that sort of stuff. They just want to know. Mm. And And then to be a part of a seminary that wants to disperse that knowledge to the church, not just to... Yeah. Yeah. preachers to offer churches partnerships in their different programs where they can train their people, give their people this education without all the frills and stuff that goes with it for yeah. some of us. But yeah. So, yeah, the, the desire and the curiosity to know. And seminary's not the only answer. We have a embarrassment of resources. And no. you kind of spoke to, you used the word responsibility, responsibility to give this to people that couldn't go get it, yeah. whether because of time constraints or money constraints or whatever. And the the privilege that we have in this country is you can, you mentioned China not being able to even Google stuff. Like we can take online courses, watch YouTube videos that talks. I mean, yeah. there's free books that all these ministries are always given. I try to give free books. Yeah, It's insane how easy it is to come to a knowledge of the Holy One. But you got to want to yeah, still. Yeah. I mean, you got to seek. you got to knock. That's got to be your desire. Yeah. And I think that's part of the call to make disciples. We should also feel that responsibility to share that. I mean, it's not just simply a... Um, I got... In my mind, I went a different direction there. <laughs> We're not saying that everybody's called to be a preacher or a teacher. I think... Scripture makes that clear. That's the one you were called to be a preacher on, which is still weird to me. But anyway, um, we're not saying that, but 
Jesus calls the disciples to make disciples. And I don't think that simply means for Christians uh, once in a while sharing how you were saved. I think that means um, building relationships with people and and knowing Scripture well enough to be able to help them through it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like you come to you you know you have to know the gospel to be saved, right? Yeah, yeah. But you'll never get to the depths of it during your whole Christian life. Mm. And the more that you come to understand the gospel in which you were saved, the easier it is to go there. Yeah. With people, and the easier, I mean, you see it. I mean, that is the storyline of Scripture. Yeah. So then you can be anywhere in the Bible, and help people. Or correct people, yeah, that's that's so true. I I hated public speaking before I got to college. This is maybe a random story, but I'm gonna try to bring. So it you like public speaking now? Nope, so if I ask you, don't like it to that public much. speak. No, I was gonna. <laughs> I didn't say I moved from hating it to liking it. Okay, I just moved from hating it to not hating it. Okay, so so you know I worked in the admissions office at C of O, which and, we had to get tours. We had to give tours. Bob Catcher. Yeah, wow, that's impressive. I thought I was going to say cougars. No, there may have. No, never mind. (laughs) Uh, So so we had to answer the telephones and and give tours to prospective students. Well, I didn't know that going into the admissions office. I figured this would be a cubicle job. I'll just do paperwork, hang out. That's That's not at all the case. And my first year in there was like, I hated giving tours because I had to be in front of these people having a conversation with them, talking about a school that I didn't know that much about. And it was kind of like it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. I did it, and to be honest, they didn't know any different. They didn't know that I didn't know the whole scope of the school. Because well, they didn't know either. Right, exactly, exactly. They're just coming to find out a little bit. And But as my time progressed there, my senior year, I was able to give them more information about maybe a specific field they were looking into or uh, a professor they wanted to meet or or why that brick in the wall was different colored than the other ones that nuances like that yeah nuances like that yes <laughs> that's a great illustration <laughs> yeah and so and i was much more comfortable talking with them now i still had i kind of still had this like guideline that i walked through but that kept me on topic cuz it was a tour but I was much more comfortable responding to their random questions because I had spent time at the school. Yeah. I'd spent time researching what the school was about. I had heard other people talk about the school, different aspects about their particular department or their workstation, whatever it may be. But at, the more I knew, the more I grew in my understanding, the easier it was to talk about the school with people who would just ask totally random questions but i think that that kind of correlates with what we're talking about here even i mean even if it's hard i'll just give a shout out to my dad when he was first saved he he told me that when he was first saved he would read the bible one verse at a time Mm -hmm. every day just one verse and he would spend the whole day just thinking about that one verse and how it um fit in the context of the scripture that he had read before what it meant, um, what was the author trying to portray. He just focused on that one verse, and that's how he grew. He spent time reading, but it was slow. But 
I mean, now he's pastoring a church. I'm not saying that everyone who studies the Bible is going to pastor a church, but that's that's an example of how even if it's hard, one verse at a time can be enough to that the Lord will grow you as you consistently seek. Matthew 7, 7, seek and you'll find knock and the door will be open. So as you desire that, he'll give it to you. He's yeah. faithful. Huh. So you just start walking, just start walking down the road. Hmm. And the more you see, the more you want to know, and the yeah. more that you know, the more you realize you don't know, and then you keep going. Yeah. You don't stop Yeah, just because you're 70, 80, yeah. 90. Whoa. I've I've got 90-year-olds that are still checking out books from the library. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. And they're not they're not uh pamphlets. I mean, they're substantial stuff. Man. But they see the title, they had a question. I um had one 90-year-old stop me the other Sunday and she said, "Hey, she said I'm wanting to know more about um um Oh, what was it? It was a new book that came out. Uh, the Missouri Baptist put it out, the Apologetics Network. It's a pretty good topic. It might have been about um, the incarnation or something. I mean, just that theological framework of that whole deal. Mm-hmm. And she had heard about this, and she said, hey, I want to I read that. I want to know more about that. And it's like a, it's not a small Yeah, book. I can't imagine it yeah. being small. So I had it, and I ran in here, and I got it, and I gave it to her. She's like, oh, my gosh. Wow. That's awesome. She's like, well, she's like, I'll I'll get through this and then bring it right back. I'm like, well, take your time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. tell me what you find out. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I was trying to look up, um, I just to make sure that I'm correct, Deuteronomy 6. Everybody needs to know because we have responsibility to teach, and that's more than just preachers. So pastors obviously have responsibility to shepherd sheep, um, tend sheep, feed sheep, but each man has responsibility to teach his family, um, even you know mothers too. But yeah. I mean, Timothy learned from his grandmother and mother. Yeah. But so we have to know, like it's on us to know. Yeah. And that goes all the way back to Deuteronomy six, I believe, where he's telling Moses is telling people the things that you've heard commanded. Um, these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets before your, between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and your gates. Basically, um, you need to know and everyone else needs to know. And the way that knowledge is continued to be passed on is that it gets shared. Yeah. And you share it with your family. And that was the nuclear unit that he was thinking about there in Israel. And that's a nuclear unit that still holds true today. There's a family for a reason. And you have responsibility for discipleship uh, first and foremost there before it goes out. And so do your kids grow up knowing? And do your kids grow up knowing why? Yeah. Did the the children of Israel know um, that why the Lord brought them out of Egypt? Did they understand the covenants before that? Did they understand um, what God had promised Abraham? Did did they understand being God's chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation? Yeah, yeah. Did, did they understand why? Because of who God is, and 
it's not anything to do with us. It's, you know, did they understand why? And that's what I think we're missing when we don't invest in our in ourselves educating on the knowledge of God is we can't even navigate our own children's mm. wanderings. And so when we can't answer that and no one else can answer that for them, uh, they just say, okay, well, this is obviously yeah. just pointless, so yeah. move on to next thing. That's super interesting. If you scroll down to verse 20 in chapter 6, it says, When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? And then verse 21 says, starts, Then you shall say to your son. Oh, yeah. So, and it's not, I mean, if you're single... Or if you are an empty nester, it, you still have people in your life that can can glean from what the Lord is teaching you. Grandkids. Grandkids. Friends. Parents. People. Just people in general. I mean, maybe, maybe you have a conversation on the street with someone and it turns into, because you never know. I've had that where I'm talking about sports and then all of a sudden they're asking me questions about the Bible. It's like, what? How did we get here? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's good to know so that those random conversations you can help them understand. Yeah. So, what do we recommend for people that want to know? Want God? to know? Obviously, we we've, we've even had a podcast on Bible reading. Mm-hmm. That's first and foremost every day of your life. Mm-hmm. Ask questions of the text. People that I disciple, especially new believers or just people. They're wanting to understand Christianity. Um, write down questions yeah. to the text, yeah, and let's let's figure it out. You know, I may not know the answer, but there is an answer. Um, what are some helps that we can, if we're if we're not with somebody who knows, what do we do? Yeah, well, I think you mentioned earlier we have an embarrassment of resources in our day and age. Uh, commentaries, books, the internet, logos. Um, but w- one thing that is is awesome is that the Bible is the best interpreter of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so reference Bibles, if you can pick up a reference Bible, um, they will give you references to other other scripture that has to do with that particular verse. So going back to verse 20 in chapter 6 in Deuteronomy, Maybe one of the questions you'd ask is, is what are the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord commanded? And there's, there's a reference here, and it would take me a couple seconds to find it, but it sends you to the place where you can read more about that. Yeah, um, but that's, w- a, that's a great point. Check in your Bible when you have those footnotes and cross-references, check those out. They will explain themselves, and oftentimes between testaments too, they'll explain the connection. Yeah, yeah. My my Bible here has references both in the old and the new for specific um, verses and chapters. So here's what it came down to for me when I started learning. I I realized that there was way too much out there to teach me. Like, and how do you organize all of that? Yeah. And I think you got to keep it really simple. Yeah. But the first place that I learned to start at was gathering for myself an understanding of who could be trusted uh, to humbly submit themselves to the Word of God and keep their own 
bias or you know whatever from the text and to just they were themselves submitting themselves to the truth of the text and hopefully that's coming out in their teaching mm-hmm. and so find those respectable um trusted teachers and they'll point you to more yeah. and they'll you'll realize a whole network of people yeah um authors and speakers so that when you go to YouTube and have a question or when you type it in in the internet you know what sites to click on yep and what Gosh, definitely yeah. bring other motives into their bible interpretation so find trusted teachers and if you don't know how to find trusted teachers <laughs> find find the the study the gospel and find the essential clarity foundational statements of the christian faith hmm. there and then when somebody errs or adds or doesn't focus on that mm. and brings everything else to somewhere else, uh, healing, prosperity, yeah, you know, if there if it's not about the glory of God Amen. in the face of Jesus Christ, that's a big hint that somebody you need to not listen to. That's like the the main foundational point mm. of where I always start with a teacher who I have not heard of. If if it yeah, that's just the foundational. If it's not focused on Christ, then we've got a problem to start with. And the more you understand the gospel and um, the more you understand the foundational things in the Bible that uh, can be very clear for all of us, any mm-hmm. level of intellect, the more filters you'll have in place when you listen to a teacher or a yeah. Bible commentator. Yeah. Utilize your church yeah. pastor. Yeah. Utilize your um, church library if they have one. And we need to do a better job as a church is making sure that we're not, and he was talking about this before we started, um, being okay with mediocrity, mm-hmm. especially with men in the church, teachers in the church. Yeah. You know, we need to hold a high standard. Yeah. You want to speak a little bit on that? Yeah, I'll just give the context to that. I was yeah. watching a video earlier this week of uh, a great pastor and man of God. His name's Vody Bauckham. Um, he was, this is a, a video from early in his ministry, but he was talking about how uh, the church in America specifically, was the context of his speaking, is the only place in the world where we find people being okay with mediocrity, uh, especially especially men. And he he put this out there. He said, if you uh, pick any occupation and you find uh, like a bricklayer and you go to the bricklayer and he's been laying bricks for 40, 50 years and you ask the bricklayer, teach me how to lay bricks. Teach me about bricks. Why is this this color and how do I stack them? What's the best way to make it? <laughs> That's a different kind of stack. Oh, okay. <laughs> And and he and he responds to you. Well, I've been doing this for forty years, but I really can't teach you because I don't know. I don't really either know how to teach you, or I, I just don't know that much about bricks. You would your jaw would probably hit the ground. You say, "Are you kidding me? How have you how have you been doing this for forty years, and you're not able to tell me anything?" But within the church, there are, um, and this is not this is not specific church. This is just large America church. There are men and women who have been walking with the Lord for 30, 40, 50 years and will make that known. And yet when you go ask them to teach, they will inevitably say, I, I don't know enough to teach. And so Vodi was pointing out 
if you've been walking with the Lord for that long, how is it that you don't know enough Scripture to teach even a little bit? And that's kind of the mediocrity point is we've, we've been okay with this shallow, watered Sunday morning experience um, and just letting Sunday morning be the only thing that we desire. I like that you said that, the Sunday morning experience mm. and not the Sunday morning worship. Yeah. Yeah, we're here to give worship to God, not to just consume yeah. an experience. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... Anyways, we had a podcast on that, too. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Worship first one. Yeah. Wow, that's been a minute. But anyway, that's that was his point, is that... Um, and he gave an illustration that, you know, if someone in the church is, is interested in church history or theology and they're reading books outside of the Bible along with their Bible and they're taking great interest and they're growing, automatically, inevitably, the people of that church will say, hey, I, God is calling you to ministry of some sort, whether it's preaching or missions or whatever it may be. And Vody's point was that the reason that that's done is because these people want to get that person who desires the Lord truly out of their realm. They say, go get your seminary degree so that I don't feel so bad about not desiring the Lord. Huh. And I think that that was very profound to me. Um, I don't ever want to be that person. Um, I want to desire the Lord and encourage people that desire the Lord. And know that just because you desire the Lord doesn't mean that you're called to be a preacher or a, a teacher of many people. Yeah. Yeah, growing in knowledge of God does not necessarily indicate any sort of special calling. It's just right. Christian life. Right. You <laughs> you grow in the knowledge of God. Yeah. And yeah, we do, like I mentioned before, um, men with families yeah. do have responsibility yeah. to teach. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there is a lot more. That's why I caveated with many people. Yeah, men, <laughs> many. That made me think of caviar. I've never had caviar. Sorry. That I brought that to your brain. I, I remember in all those that. old 80s and early 90s movies, they, I don't know, caviar was like a sign that you were rich. Dude, that came back for a hot minute. <laughs> Did it? And it was like, yeah, caviar was like, you're you're kind of like a hipster type thing. And now it's gone again. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never even seen it. Hmm. I don't even know. It looks pretty gross. Does it? Yeah. From, is it fish eggs? I, is it? Yeah, that's oh. what I think. That's what it's nasty. It Maybe I haven't seen it. I yeah. thought it looked like chewing tobacco. We're way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need to learn anything about caviar. So what are some res <laughs> what are some resources that you would give? Uh should um I'll just use the term and you can describe it if you want. A lay person in the church uh attend a seminary. You mentioned auditing classes. Mm -hmm. Should they just read books? What would be your suggestion? Yeah, for any Christian who is um, desiring to know more of the Lord and understand His Word more so that as they read it, they can make more connections and understand. And anyways, uh, I would start with a, like Andy mentioned, your own Bible. Check the references. Check the cross-references. Go to those places. When a verse has a letter beside it, that's pointing to a cross-reference, go check out that cross-reference if you have trouble with that verse. Also, you can graduate from that. Not graduate, but, I mean, keep that. Yeah. Uh, add a study Bible to your library. Yep. 
here's the ones that I'd pay attention to. The MacArthur Study Bible, the ESV Study Bible, the NIV uh, Biblical Theology Study Bible, um, the CSB Study Bible. There's an Apologetics Study Bible. Um, that's that's pretty decent. There's a uh, um, a keyword study Bible that gives you underlining and definitions of words in the English, gives you definitions of them in the Greek so that we really understand mm. why that English word is there and what's really behind it because it's a lot deeper when you understand the Greek um, than just read the English. So um, those are some Bibles I'd get. And then from there, yeah, if if you just um, just can't get enough, and like you just have to hear more and understand more, and um, yeah, immerse yourself if you have time in a seminary class. You can do that online at your leisure, or you can do that on campus if you're close to uh, one. Yeah. And a lot of times, those places will have an option to audit, which means that you don't get credit for the course, like towards working towards a normal degree, but you're able to sit in on the class um, and, you know, you pay like a fraction of the price, like yeah. a fourth of what it would cost to do that. And I've seen people do that. I've seen also just laymen who aren't preachers or teachers just go ahead and get a degree <laughs> because they just want to know and they're going to invest their time in knowing instead of doing other things. So... I mean, <laughs> so much. You can take free courses online. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ministry called Ligonier Ministries. R.C. Sproul started it. They have something called Ligonier Connect. And for $9 a month, you can go through um, these. Uh, they have hundreds of courses on hundreds of topics. Shoot. I use it sometimes in Bible studies at the church, and there's video lectures, and there's questions and you know nothing's graded everything's at your own leisure all that sort of stuff but it directs you in yeah you're learning about all sorts of stuff history and and uh just i don't mean i can't even list it all i don't even that's super so cool. much i yeah. didn't know they had that yeah not I, nine bucks a month i love listening to rc sproul and uh i was listening to one of his podcasts the three episodes and it was very i mean he's the type of teacher that makes you want to yeah, and he yeah, and he was known for taking, you know, high theological thought and language and mm. bringing it to the pew. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that we can all understand. Yeah. So, man, I would I there you go. I mean, that's a running start and then you'll get directed further from there. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of further direction, if you have no other place to go for direction on authorship or authors and books email us info at roaringglory.com and we yeah. would be glad and that's something andy i think that maybe we need to work on put on the website is a mm. landing page for direction on here's some resources teachers that can help you yeah that's probably a good idea maybe maybe for music too yeah yeah that's important i think i think yeah i obviously i think it yeah. is but <laughs> yeah nice which is something we're going to do for our own church anyway. Yes, yes. So we might as well. Yeah, before every Sunday, you know, direct them um, to listen and and read the lyrics of the songs that are. Yes. Coming. Hopefully a week in advance, so they'll have a way to hear them, and that would be 
I think it'll be beneficial. Add them to their Spotify list. Oh, yeah. Is that something you can do on Spotify? Yeah. Yeah. Pandora? Does anybody use Pandora? So if you have Spotify, what we might do is create a channel. Yeah. With our, yep. And make our own playlist so that you can just follow that and check out those playlists of music that we're listening to. Will we do that with, will it be under Roaring Glory or will it be under FBC Holt? Probably FBC Holt. Yeah. Maybe, though, if if one day we have sponsorship, we can we can figure <laughs> out how to make a Roaring Glory. This then. podcast is actually unofficially sponsored by everything we just mentioned. In this. <laughs> unofficially. <laughs> so unofficially. In, yeah, they, they, they don't know. They didn't pay for anything. No, they didn't know. <laughs> we used their resources. That's, that's how they're... Yeah, which is... Yeah. We plug him. Yeah. Somebody made mention to me that when we do mention a pastor or something he said, a speaker or even a resource, we need to send out an email to say, hey, we mentioned this. Oh. This is our audience, just so you know where where the influence is going. I didn't know that. I'm usually pretty up to date on the copyright stuff, but I Well, it's do I don't that. think it's a copyright thing. I think it's just like a courtesy thing, like oh. Just maybe an encouragement thing for him. Ah, gotcha. And okay. a way to bridge relationships. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and unofficially sponsored by GouletPins.com, where you can uh, meet all your fountain pen needs. <laughs> you just are adding people that we have to send emails to now. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Uh, I would like to give uh, just a quick shout out to seminary classes. Because mm. I recently, well, I'm still working on essays and things like that because I am trying to get a degree, but you wouldn't have to if you audited. But I'll just say this. If you think they're boring, mm. try just try auditing a class from Midwestern is where we both go to, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. There's another one you have to email. Yeah. Um, but I just finished up an Old Testament survey class with Dr. Jason DeRoshi. It's DeRoshi. Well, that's the way he pronounced it. Okay, so well, I'm that's the that. way. I was hoping it was DeRoshi. DeRoshi. But no. it's DeRoshi. Yeah. That's the way that I heard it. Makes it was sense. online, so I don't okay. know. But anyway, he, he walked us through the majority of the Old Testament. There were some books that we didn't get to. That's Old Testament too. But he walked us through the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Old Testament where uh, you have the Mosaic. You have Genesis, obviously, creation and the fall, um, and then instruments of blessing is how he kind of he has this whole thing that he sets up. But that's where God promises Abraham. Um, and then he walked through the Mosaic Law, and then walked through the prophets and how they referred back always to the Mosaic Law, and and he was constantly using typology, which is just a top, like showing typology. how this is a, a typology. Sorry, typology. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I've said typology fifteen times <laughs> in the last three days. Anyway, he was showing how that constantly points to Christ, like whether it be. Uh, Moses or Joshua or David and how they're types of the Messiah, though they're not the Messiah because they're sinful. Uh, they're showing the type of Messiah that he would be this mediator, priestly king. And I I have never been more in awe of what God has done in the Old Testament especially, like just the beauty of the Old Testament. I'll, I promise you before I took this class, I was afraid it was going to be boring, like utterly boring. But because the the lectures were from 8.30 to 4.30 every day online for mm -hmm. a week. And it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But there was not a minute of those lectures that I was bored. I mean, those lectures were 
amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can get into a boring one, but <laughs> it's, it's hard to. It's really hard to. And Midwestern makes it even more difficult yeah. to get into a, which you know, boring, whatever. I mean, you can still pick up stuff, but the definitely extremely gifted men that kind of give us a uh, yeah, all the hours that they've poured into understanding these things. It might depend on the day, because that day I sat in class with you was, I mean, I got stuff still, but it was kind of like it was. It was a rough one. Whoa. It was a rough one. But he's okay. normally pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. And sometimes it's just, I don't know, the content, the day, the, yeah. the brain. The, yeah. It's just a number of yeah. reasons why. We're all humans. So, but for the majority yeah. of the time, Dude, the, yeah. uh, pretty blessed. Yeah. So, well, Andy, is there anything you want to leave them with before we sign off here no i just did that so is there anything that you want oh you did <laughs> oh then i heard that in my headphone well that's that was kind of the point okay but that's okay do you have anything you want to leave them with no i think um all those plugs i made were were pretty good yeah our email list is like 30 long now yeah i have to do just one email and just generic, hey, I mentioned you in this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Just send out a group email. Yeah, and I can't even tell you where. You'll just have to listen just to it. Just go listen to it. Maybe <laughs> hit the subscribe button Yeah, if you want. Maybe but, sponsor the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, we're going to jump back on the horse here and uh, get our website updated again with yeah. some content yeah. and, and hopefully get on a normal schedule again with this. We do have a uh, on-site podcast coming up next month when we take – uh, a youth camp down to Branson yeah. and do that for them. So yeah. we'll have some guests for that. We are also looking forward to maybe even the next time we meet, we'll have our wives with mm. us. That'd be good. So that'd be good. Yeah, people are. You'll start hearing from other voices, and not too many because it gets hard in the yeah. podcast to decipher. Yeah. So we'll we'll add some some stuff for you as time goes on. We're still growing in this as well. Yeah. All right, I'm done. As always, we are growing. Okay. All right, he's done. So um, we love you. Yeah, he does. I do too.